Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by A.J. Hayfley. The Avs drop just their third game in nearly two months, at least in regulation, to the St. Louis Blues to a final score of 5-3 to three when you count the empty netter. Um... We'll we'll talk about a lot of the facets of this game. I don't I don't think the Avs played horribly. I do think they were prone to some major mistakes. I think the defense we've seen a lot better out of the Avs on the defensive side than what we saw in this game. But the I mean, in a lot of ways, I do think the Avs were a bit of their own worst enemy in this hockey game. They get off to a two zero lead. Oh, I think that's. I don't even think that's debatable that they were their own worst enemy. Yeah. I no, mean, no argument there <laughs> without, without, without literally them scoring on themselves and then putting St. Louis on a five on three, they win the game basically <laughs> in the third period. Like yep. we don't know how this game goes. Like we, you know, maybe St. Louis still wins it in regulation. doesn't matter. But they they like served it up on a on a silver yeah, platter. They like for sure. You you score you score literally score on yourself. Like and and any first to three wins like makes it a lot easier to get to three when you don't even have to beat a goaltender. Yeah, the, I actually was going to ask this question: Should it really count for a hat trick for O'Reilly? Given that. He I mean, didn't even really score one of those goals. The NHL, the NHL's. I've always thought it was weird how the NHL did that. Yeah, like because in, in soccer, if you know, someone in soccer, takes it they, in, it's an own goal. Yeah, yeah, they count. It's an own goal. Yep. And like nobody on the other team gets statistical credit for it. Definitely a little bit weird. Thank you very much for the super chat, Brecton. Appreciate you a ton. Very generous of you and everyone else that has given us super chats over the last couple of days. Uh, I do want to get more into that, but let's start with the positives here. Go a little bit in chronological order. Kale McCarr is, in fact, good at hockey, it turns <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, even when he's trying to score on a wraparound and for some reason always leaves it short, this time leaving it short was a perfect pass to Gabe Landeskog. Uh, when it when you're hot, you're hot. I guess. Yeah, that was. I did. I did like that. Like it looked like there were intentional. People, <laughs> there were people. I was like, he needs to work on that wraparound because this is like twice now he's failed that curl. Yep, and it looked identical. He had it. He had him beat. He had the goalie beat. It would have been easily been a wraparound goal, and instead it was a pass out front. But like Landeskog was just right there, and so yep. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just bang this into the empty net. Pretty easy one for him, for sure. Um, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. The the broken wraparound results in a goal anyway. Yeah, uh, I, and, like, it's easy to be like, oh, he meant to do that. But, totally. Um, like, he, we, we just saw him, what was it, last game, two games ago? I don't remember when it was, but he had the same wraparound and it fired the thing across the crease. Yep. The difference was Landis Scott wasn't standing there. Like, yep. They were identical. Well, he had, and then he had a second. Was the difference? He had a second wraparound in that game where he's like, 
I'm making sure I get far enough out on this one and gave the goalie time to get across because he took that extra step. Yeah, like the curl, like the, the he's got to he's got to he's got to just practice it a little bit. And get just, get the tuck in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, like it was it was awesome. Um, you know, Landy's laughing about it all the way to the bank. Yep. Okay, that's that's as free as free gets. Really want me to hit twenty goals again this year? I guess, huh, Kale? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, look, that's where all of the Avs offense came from in this game. Three points from Kale, three points from McKinnon. And then I think uh, Burakovsky had two points as well. So yeah. the power play unit slash top line is what got the job done for the Avs offensively in this hockey game. Now, there was a little bit of, of anti-puck luck as well as I think the Avs hit. Three, I mean, or, three or four posts, depending on who you talk to. Let's be let's be honest here. Like the Blues won the good fortune battle today for sure. Like, I don't think there's the, any the doubt about bounced that. Bounced in their way. Yeah, you know they they hit the one post early on where Sammy Blay beat group uh, beat Dubnik cleanly. Yep, smoked it off the post. Uh, that was about it. That was about the end of their bad luck. Yep. I mean, if you if you look at the. the we're going to count things that, that benefited the Blues that were out of their control. The first thing is that Robert Bortuzzo penalty should have been a four-minute four minute high-sticking sure. penalty, yep. 100%. And instead, it was just Baffling two minutes like roughing or something. Like I think it was a roughing call. It was officially called roughing. Yeah, a roughing call. And there's and still been, blatant blood on Landeskog's face. Like. It should have been it should have been a four minute penalty. Yep. So right off the hop, got a good break on that one. Got a bad break because the Av scored twice immediately. <laughs> but it, they should have been on they should have they should have been on a five on three, and then when the Av scored immediately on it, it should have been they should have continued on the power play for like half the freaking period at that point. It was an it was an absurd decision. Like I don't know how you, I don't know how you call that roughing. It was clearly high sticking. What did, what did he cut his own freaking nose, punching himself in the face? Like what? The <laughs> f- and then their first goal is literally an own goal. Devontae yep. just shoots it into his own net directly into his he own shoots net. Shoots it into his own net. It was like, uh... <laughs> like most own goals in hockey are like funny bounces. It, like it goes off a skate or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's like, uh, that one's like Devon a, literally shoveling into his own net. Shot into his own net. <laughs> like it was like, oops. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, well, okay. And then their third goal is that, that puck hits like four of the guys on the yeah. ice. Yeah. Bounces all over the place, bounces off multiple players, lands right on Barbashev's stick, who happens to be on the back door where Dubnik isn't. Like it's just good fortune. For it's sure. not that's not bad defense. Like their defensive problems on that play happened long before goofy puck bounces led to that. It was like it was like, okay, they did this entire first period, St. Louis has gotten comically lucky. I mean, hell. It's not. It's a little bit different because this isn't really. It's not the same as like puck luck, but like they get lucky that Devin Dubnik just starts to vacate the net on O'Reilly's second goal on the backhand goal. Yep. If he squares that up and he commits to the shooter and start and stops cheating on the pass, he probably stops that. Yep. Like it's a pretty. It wasn't a particularly special backhand. It was. It was just that Dubnik was just like. 
let me going let me for just... a little adventure. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. It was adventure time, and you're just like, bro, well, like, where are you going? So it was, it was, it was, and it, like, look, the apps have lost. Or they're coming into today. They've lost one regulation game since March first. I, yeah, I'm not. I am not. Lost two since March first. I am not gonna sit yet. Yeah, now, now. No, no, no. This was the third. No, since March first. Since March first, the Arizona three-two game was March eighth. Oh. And then they have the eight-three blowout loss to Minnesota at the end of the streak. Yeah, that one I remember. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I literally looked it up before the show. <laughs> Three blowout loss to Minnesota. Okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> Point is, I'm not I'm not getting too upset about any of this. No, definitely not. There's no like, <laughs> winner with like win or lose. Like if they had won today, they'd come they found a way to come back and win. You're just like, okay, cool. Um, them losing today, it's like it's a bummer. Vegas plays tonight. They're still gonna have two games in hand. They might they might have a four-point deficit instead of a two-point deficit. I don't know. But they're also going to have a four-point game coming up against Vegas. Yep. It's- so they're, you know, they, they're they going to have their opportunities here. All right. right, right. It's not – there's no – there's no – you're not even remotely close to panicking or, or anything like that. It's It's their second loss in a month and a half. Like, there's no need to worry about it. But uh, I I will say, and I think AJ might disagree with me on this one, but I do think particularly at the end of the first period, the Avs defense was messy, messy, messy. The puck management was just, it was bad. For one of the few games this year where the Avs puck management defensively was downright bad to me. And you go look at all three of of St. Louis's first goals. You can go back 10, 15 seconds, and you'll find a bad avalanche turnover. I think one of them was in the neutral zone, but the other two definitely in the defensive zone. And credit to St. Louis. They jumped on those opportunities and made Avs pay for the mistakes. So, you know what? Tip your cap to that. But I think the Avs defense is better than that on most nights. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to say on it. I mean, I think you're wrong. Why? Give me something. Uh, I mean, I think I would agree with you that their puck management in the first period was atrocious. Okay. They were they were all over the place, man. They were they were so terrible. Uh, and but after the first period, they cleaned it up and they dominated that game. Like they dominated at, the at, second I'm period, sorry, I would agree even, with that. At even strength, they they pretty like, yeah. The third period was dead even. Like yeah, but that that I I will agree. I will agree. The the third period they but they absolutely trashed the second period. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. And on and their suppression, like they just didn't give in, in terms of in terms of the quality that they gave up. They gave up three high danger chances in this game. Okay, so all of you guys that want to say that I'm out to lunch or whatever. You're about to get dated. They gave up 12 scoring chances in the entire game at 5v5. All right? Uh, three high danger chances. Not, but th- Three high danger chances pr- is probably the lowest number they've given up all season. That's a super low number. 12 scoring chances, also a super low number. They only gave up, at 5v5, they only gave up 23 shots. Now, they only had 23 shots, so it wasn't like this was super tilted. But they... In terms of in terms of the suppression, uh, 
in terms of in terms of the kind of the the kind of limiting of the quality that you want to see. Like the abs, the abs really their defense wasn't their biggest problem. Their biggest problem defensively was the last line of defense was Devin Dubnik, who played like shit today. And like, look, Devin Dubnik has had two perfectly acceptable appearances, and now he's had a stinker. If that's how it's going to be, if he's going to win two and then lose one until Grubauer comes back, great. Like that's all. That's all good and well. Like the fact that the fact that St. Louis scored because Devin Dubnik wasn't any good today. I just don't. I. I mean, hey, that like that happens sometimes. There have been plenty of games during this entire stretch where the Abs scored on not particularly special plays or shots either. Yep. This stuff happens. So look, if you don't care about fancy stats, then you don't care about information. All right. If you don't care about information, you're only allowing yourself to view the game through a very specific lens. And it's an incorrect and uninformed take. If you, if you blatantly ignore empirical data, then your opinion is not correct about anything. You, if you just, you just can't. If all you're doing is, oh my God, all I know is that I saw bad defense, but then you go to the end of the game and you look at all of the data and you look at all of the information that they tell you, and it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust my eyes over all of this. I'm gonna completely ignore information. I just, Here, here's the thing. I and you're just an un you're you're un you're an unreliable messenger of data I, at that point. I don't fully disagree with you on the data backing things up but what i will say and and admittedly this gets into a little bit of in wow they call it feely craft so feely hockey i guess but you look at the low metrics and that feels great but it at the same time i know that the metrics say they only give up three high danger chances but when you look at some of the opportunities that the abs give them they feel extremely dangerous, extremely prone, whether it be Ryan O'Reilly wide open in front of the net. Yeah, sure. Dubnik maybe should have saved that, but some massive issues had to happen on that play on the puck that pinballed around the front of the Avs net. There's three blues there and one Av. massive issues happen on that play on the, what ended I up mean, being the game winning goal. You look, take that, five on three, look, like on, on the third goal though, you're saying there's three Avs there. If that puck does not, bounce perfectly for him there's 100 the abs are in in a perfectly acceptable defensive position to stop that if the puck does not land on ivan barbashev's stick with three guys around him it like this isn't like this isn't like it wasn't unlucky as well because it was this this isn't like a dude that outworked three guys to get a rebound and then puts it back in this is a dude who is standing still Watched the puck drop on his stick, and then he throws it into the net. I, I, if we're going there, let's go to the root source of this. Those were awful rebounds. Stubnik could have easily smothered that puck on either of the first two attempts. But yeah, like, I. <laughs> first of all, a coach is never happy about anything. So if that's your, if that's if, again, if that's your measure for anything, yeah. a coach is never happy about anything, <laughs> unless uh, you won the game. 30 shots to none. <laughs> the yeah. coach is not going to be happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I would um, my opinion today 
the first period was a mess. The first, like the first period, it, it was a weird and wild and chaotic mess. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't why they lost. No, I look, the, I agree with you on the second period. I thought the abs completely crushed. And then the reason they lost this game is because they took two horrible penalties late in the third period. I think it's well, really that simple. So the Graves penalty, I have no issues with. No, I like for the record, I have no, that's, that's the, if that if that stuff happens to Colorado and doesn't get called, I'm apoplectic. I we can it's get a, into this conversation. It's, it's but, tripping, but that yeah. cadre thing. I know there's no penalty there. I know, but <laughs> bro, that's not a penalty. I I agree. I that's, agree, that wasn't but... that wasn't a penalty when I was nine learning learning how to play hockey. Okay, <laughs> like what the f, dude. And like, what are they seeing there? I get that it's, I get, I get that it's, it's, it's Kadri and that there's a reputation. They saw Nazem Kadri's number. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) But I I don't know how that's a penalty. I just like, there's like, oh, there are bad, like there's, there's bad calls. And then there's phantom calls. I don't. There's there's like soft calls. Like people were upset about the Liam O'Brien thing. And it's like. He clearly holds him. Yeah, that he wraps was his definitely arm a penalty. Him. There's he no doubt He turns the that. guy in open ice as they're going for the puck. Like, there are some calls that get missed because look where the two officials are, and there's a lot of chaos, and there's a lot of stuff happening, and blah, 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 blah. This is an open ice as the two guys who are closest to the puck are racing for it, and he just wraps his arm around him, and he turns his body. Like, every official on planet Earth would have called that penalty. It was a penalty. It was easily a penalty. It was blatantly a penalty. It wasn't like particularly egregious. It's not like, oh my god. But it was it was a it was a it was a penalty. The Graves one, that's an obvious penalty. Does the guy dive a little bit? Does it does it is it one of those like he maybe feels a stick on his skate and he's like, Oh god, time to go down. Like maybe Honestly, man, I don't think he even dove. I looked back at it and he I just thought steps on the stick. It like looked, it looked straight up like trip. Yeah, it was it was a pretty clear trip. And but that country shit is nonsense. I I hear you. I, I do hear you. It probably shouldn't have been a penalty on the Avs, but I will say two things. One, you just can't take that penalty in that game if you're Ryan Graves. You just can't do it. Oh, you no, cannot totally. put your abs there. Especially with 30 seconds left. Yeah. They have killed the majority of it. And, like, you're not, like, you're behind your net. That guy is not in a dangerous position. He is looking to cycle the puck. He's moving that, he's moving that along the wall. He's not trying to, he's not trying to do anything special. This isn't like a desperation play where you're stopping what you think might be a goal. It's a lazy, it's a lazy, undisciplined, stupid penalty behind your own net. 30 sec, 30 seconds, you're almost out of danger. Yep. You've almost survived. And then you give them, you give them the stoppage. They smartly take the timeout to keep their their best guys out there. They win a faceoff, and, and over, literally man. the only thing that Mike Hoffman is good for in the NHL. Yep. Anymore at this point it's is that, that one timer, that exact that one timer yep. on the power play. That is it. That's the only reason he's in the NHL anymore. And that's it. Like it's that simple. You go through an entire game. You played through. You played through, what was it, 52, 53 minutes worth of hockey, and you do something stupid like that just the one time, and you're good. And again, not a particularly special shot. Nope. That wasn't. Yeah, (laughs) it's like 
where how is that open? Like what uh, why are you so aggressively mediocre? The other thing I will say is and we say this every time when it comes to talking about bad calls, but it's not like there was any bias against the Avs. We saw no an impressively weak call to get gave the Avs the power play on the goal they tied the game on. Where McKinnon's pants get slashed a little bit. Oh my gosh, where he came in on the open yeah. look. Look, <laughs> so we can say that. Um well, no, because they were calling the penalty and the guy knew it when he fired the puck over the glass. Yep. Right. It, it that's was, that's yeah. why the puck okay. over the glass is irrelevant because he knew the second yeah. he touched it, it was dead. Yeah. So yes, that was also I mean, that is a that is a that is that is the classic optics call because, and I've talked about this on Twitter during the game. They always call that in that situation. They're always looking to they're they're always looking to call that penalty uh, when a guy starts reaching. Yep. But it's just like they always call it, which is why I don't think it was any kind of a makeup call. A lot of people were like, oh, I, "I don't make think it was a makeup call, call either." But I don't think. I, but first of all, I th- I question the general existence of those. Yep. I think I think it only happens in ex- like extreme situations where the referees like know they screwed something up. You can't say that the referees know they screwed something up with not calling Jost on the on the, when he got tripped by Bortuzzo's body because we regularly see yeah, that not get called. It, it's a penalty by the rule book, but it, you're right, refs just don't call it they except call for that. when they randomly do. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, <laughs> and the and Anaheim's fan base melted down. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was like that. That slasher, the the I think it was called a slash on McKinnon was, was non-existent. Yeah, agreed. And they got a power play off of it, and then the Avs got a little bit lucky there too because yeah, that, that puck that puck off of somebody's ass. Yeah, it went off. It went like it like caught Bortuzzo's jersey. Yeah, like ripped a hole in that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. It, it this is the combination of a loss, right? You make some major mistakes. The other team capitalizes on it. Yeah. You get some bad bounces, and all of a sudden oh, you lose a close game. Couple, couple of self-inflicted wounds. Yep. Couple of capitalizing on chances on on some mistakes. Yep. And you just don't have enough. Like, they scored three goals in this game. Yep. You know, like it was wasn't wasn't like they they were really like dying for offense here. They the had Blues didn't just run away with it or anything either. Yeah. They had twenty seven scoring chances and thirteen high danger chances. Thirteen is a lot of high danger chances, by the way. Yep. Uh, at five v five in a game for just for context, that's a lot of them. Uh, and 27 scoring chances is right around where Colorado typically Usually lives. falls, yep. Yeah, 12 is a really low number for them to have given it up. So it's not it's not a particularly bad loss. It's not embarrassing. It's whatever. This is the kind of loss that you expect when you have Devin Dubnik in net. You make a couple of mistakes. You, you literally score into your own net on one of them, and then he gives up a couple of softies, and you're just like, okay, well, you know, if Johansson was in net, this would have been the, and the same thing had happened. Like, you're just like, okay. The goaltending wasn't very good today. This is not translatable to the postseason because that guy won't be in net. Yep. Which pretty, is why I'm not too concerned. I'm not too concerned about any of the the defense. I'd be way more concerned about the defensive issues had they continued throughout, but they didn't. They the the defense was really bad in the first period. It got cleaned up. It it was imperfect. Depend, depending on who was out there, it was a little imperfect. Yeah. Um. 
you know, I st- Devon Taves has kind of quietly come back to earth a little bit. Uh, is it even that quietly? I, think. I do. I think so because he's not making. He's, he's not, not making major making, mistakes, but it's he's not, not making egregious mistakes. But he's not. He's not dominating anymore. I, to be honest, it, the only reason that we're talking about Ryan Graves even a little bit today is because of the penalty. Yeah, he was up perfectly then, fine before that. Yeah. Up until then, I had not seen a single person mention Ryan Graves all game long until, except for when uh, Comfort did not hit him on the back door on that one little break that they yeah, had. Comfort decided Otherwise, shit, nobody yeah. had mentioned Ryan Graves' name until that penalty, and now it's like Ryan Graves went like shit. No, he was and I thought, I thought Ryan Graves was passable he's like yeah. <coughs> like ryan graves is just waiting for bow and byron to take his job to be honest with you like that's that's a lot what it feels like to be honest and and like patrick nemeth is rolled in and it's like this is the same patrick nemeth that we know yep some really awful turnovers like really there, awful turnovers. well no i okay i do think he's been worse than the patrick nemeth we know in these last couple of games, because I've seen him get caught multiple times and we know he's not a great skater, but also I'm not worried about that at all because in a week he'll have a much better grasp on how the Avs defense likes to rotate and it'll be fine. He'll settle into his defensive role and it's whatever you live with the, the turnovers. You knew you were getting that when you, you traded for him and for him, just a shade under 15 minutes at even strength is right. Like if that's about gonna, as low as it's going to go. Yeah, that's that's probably a touch low because uh, Graves is probably. I mean, you see Graves's time on ice in this game. Yeah, I hadn't actually looked at it until just now. Twelve minutes but at five on five. Twelve <laughs> minutes at five on five, and and like, okay, we're starting to lean a little too heavily again on the top guys, but also power play time. Like Makar, Makar, jeez, man, this was <laughs> another game. I last game felt like it was all power play stuff, and I guess I hadn't actually looked at because of the five on threes they stacked up, so it didn't feel like as much power play time. But nine power plays between the two teams. Yeah, it, it they well they spaced them out right like. There were two power plays at the start of the game for the five on three, then yeah. nothing until past the midpoint, and then two two penalties, one on each team gets stacked, and then nothing until the middle of the second period. And so they just came in like bunches, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. It, it and outside of the abs putting themselves in a terrible position of the five on three late in the game, the PK looked better tonight. I thought so so too. Uh, I thought that it was a lot more aggressive in denying the initial setup because when teams get set up, there's not really a difference in any any of the 31 NHL teams. They sit in their box and hope for the best. Exactly. (laughs) Block a couple shots. If the puck bounces your way, you clear that shit out and you go. But it's really about denying the initial setups. That's where the good PKs separate themselves. And I thought they did a better job of that today. Uh, If you look at the PKs, the Avs gave up. Five shot attempts, five scoring chances, and two high danger chances. So, not terrible in eight minutes. Like yeah, that that includes the five on three. So. It does. Well, the five on three lasted nine seconds, so it's not really a whole lot of time there. Sure, that's fair. Uh, you're um, gonna, you keep, that's one high danger chance, though, <laughs> of the two. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's like that's fine. I, that, you, those numbers actually don't bother me at all. You live with that for sure. So, um, on the other side, if you if like if you look at how Colorado did, um, and you factor in that their last power play was a total waste of time. Yeah, that last power was awful. Oh, and I think I think that's problematic. Like the the differences between the variance between power plays. Yep. They're not real like percentage wise and and actual results wise. Like they scored two power play goals in yeah, this game. You live with the results all day, but yeah, but but when you have a power play in the last four, like you have to at least be dangerous, dude. It, well, I they they came down three times and did the one thing that's like the cardinal sin on a power play where you walk in, you fire a shot that you miss five feet wide and it rims out of the zone. Yeah. It's the one thing you can't do. Well, and like you're, we're, you're rolling you're I understand he's right-handed and that there isn't another right-handed option that you trust. Yeah, that JT Confer is the trigger man. Just when you have Nathan McKinnon, Andre Burakovsky, and Kale McCarr out there. And like Landis Goggin, like yeah, Landy too. Sure. The only other the only other right-handed guy in your lineup at that point is Martin Cout. And at this point, it's like, why not? JT Confer's done nothing for that unit. Literally, the only reason that he's out there is that he's right-handed. Is it if really count? Also, has that same attribute. Why not see what happens? Is it? I mean, is it really that hard to just put a lefty in the bumper and flip it so you're making that play on the other side of the ice? Like, well, the way that they're defending is that they're shading everything towards McKinnon, and that's why that bumper play. That's why so, that play is open. Is because the coverage so. I'm, well, I, the, <laughs> I can't. I can't X's and O's this. No, I understand. Like, like in like, so like McKinnon is over here. Okay, where's my webcam? McKinnon is <laughs> over here. The defense is shaded over here. Okay, when they rotate the puck around, Comfer is right here in the center of the ice. Comfer is open because the defense is is hanging out I, over here. That's why it works. I because understand why it works. He is right-handed. If he's left-handed, they have to flip it. There is no magic, like. Serum Nathan McKinnon isn't cemented to that spot and on the power play. We see him regularly curl up to the blue line and walk around wherever he wants. So you can find ways to shade that defense away from the other side if you want to put a lefty in the middle. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I just don't think there's a good answer. Like, which lefty do you want to put there? Tyson Jost, Val Lachushkin. I mean. If you're gonna legitimately put Brandon Sod there, Brandon Sod would be fine. To legitimately use that guy as a trigger man, I grab oh. Andre Burakovsky by the head. I tell him every time someone throws you a puck, you shoot it, or I'm benching you. And I'd put him there. Yeah, that one. His one timer though has only ever been like him settling the puck and and firing wristers is where he's special, which he can do. When he's on that outside, if he's in the middle and he's in that bumper position, you want a guy that's just going to fire it. That's I, why Kadri was theoretically yeah, the yeah, perfect guy. Which is, and then it was, this is where that conversation is headed. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. Nazem, like the answer is Nazem Kadri. <laughs> but when Nazem Kadri is yeah. not a black hole, exactly of misery, <laughs> like just. You see, Nachushkin's not, he doesn't shoot. Look at all of his goals. They're from two feet away from the net. <laughs> yeah. Nachushkin is, is perfect on the power play in the Landeskog role. 
where he takes that big old butt of his and he puts it in the goalie's face. He tries to tip pucks and then he goes and he wins. He wins battles along the wall. Like that's that's what he does. Don't do it with Nachushkin, and I wouldn't do it with Jost because. As we're learning, Tyson Jones, he just can't beat goaltenders. I think there's a there might be a conversation about doing it with Landy. He's got a decent kind of half clapper on the one time. If you put, oh, see, the answer is Alex Newhook. I like. Oh, okay. Don't even take it there. Don't even. Only, I would say only because, uh, only because that's the only like that's that's where he scored from in the the AHL. Of course, where he's been great has been the Burakovsky spot, where he's just yeah. like, bombs away, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I'm, I'm, I, I just think, like, right now, like, there's just not a good answer to it. And so I'm just like, why not, Martin? Cowan? I mean, you know my long-term answer is I don't like the bumper position at all. I'd rather run a guy down low and Landy in front. But I think they've actually, as the years gone on, honestly, I think they've gotten really good at utilizing it because they don't do it all the time, but they do it enough that PKs have to keep it honest. And in like last year's bumper position, like as the at the at the start of the year, it was like this is lethal, this is nasty, was just worthless, and then it disappeared. It was just straight gone. And like, and that hasn't happened this year so far. I mean, and to your point, you're kind of picking nits at the moment right the Avs have the seventh best power play in the league so it's not is like that, this is, is a is problem it still seventh after they scored two it, i don't know if that's updated or not it might be it might be up to like fifth when you include tonight but either way it's yeah. it's not a problem to say the least um should we do we want to tackle the rest of this Kadri conversation? It's probably the most talked about thing tonight. Yeah, we definitely should talk about him, man, because he's been bad. Like, 14 games without a goal, depending on, hey, do you play well? Do you play poorly? Like, how does that sausage get made? Obviously, that's problematic. But his play's getting worse. Yeah. Because at the start of the streak, he was hot. He was around the puck all the time. It just wasn't going in for him. It yeah. just wasn't going in for him. He was, he was beating goaltenders. He was hitting posts. He was putting three, four shots a goal or shots on goal every single game. Like there was, there was a lot there. I think today he had five yet, yeah, five shots on goal today. But do you remember any of them? Uh, well, he had the one that was a wide open net that he fired right back into Bennington's pad. I remember that. So one. I just don't. I I think I think he's been super selfish with the puck. Agreed. And I think that now him playing next to Soderberg and Comfer is not going to help that. Nope. Um, also, I don't know what to do about that because I think the top, like Burkowski in Ranton and Spot has been perfectly fine. And that, like, Saad, Jost, Natushkin combination has, has been. been dude, Saad and Jost together has been. Mwah. Well, and it's like, okay, what's the, the Donskoy was great there too. Yep. What's the var- what's what's the constant here, and what's the variable? Because the constant <laughs> has been nuke and Jost. Yep. And those dudes, they they are wild together, man. Like they are, they <laughs> the, are so interesting. Yo, I every paper, time, none of us were like hankering for this third line, but you. You've watched them over the last it's, month, and it's just like you're you're sitting there, and the opposing team circles back into their own zone, and then you see it's either Jost or Nachushkin who's stepping up on the forecheck, and you're like, "Oh boy, here we go!" 
There's a good well, chance like this an, is about to be a turnover. Well, and it's like an open invitation for the other guy to get yeah. involved too. Yeah. They're like um, I don't know, they're they're like the battle toads. Maybe they're like more <laughs> like double dragon. Where they're just like they just like roll in and they just create havoc. Yeah. One guy, one guy does some silliness, and then the second guy's like, oh, my turn. And then the second guy jumps in, and it's just like what do you mean they don't really produce? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Jost just had a five-game point streak ended today. Yep. Like, it's some it's something like ten points in his last fifteen games. Too. Yeah. Like, like that line has been has consistently been rolling. And yes, that's exactly what I would do. I would try. I would try Donskoy with Kadri, not with Rantanen, but Kadri with Donskoy and Burkowski. Yep. That's that that is exactly what I would do. It's yeah, the Kadri situation, it's one of those things where like in basketball, shooters shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. you wait for the three-point shooter to shoot himself out of a, a down streak, but yeah. you're at 14 games now and you're like this is the dam's got to break at some yeah. point. Like, well, and it's a little it's a little different in in hockey because sure. like it's funny when people are like, "Oh, he's such a streaky player." And it's like, "You know who is a streaky player?" 95% of yeah. NHLers when it comes to production. If you're anyway. not a streaky player, you're on the first line. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know who's not a streaky player? The guy with a 13-game point. <laughs> like, hey, that guy, that guy is, that guy's not streaky at all. That guy just kicks ass now. But yep. it's like, like, 14 games is a long time for a guy like that. And today, uh, Somebody somebody sent it to me uh, and was like, "Oh, oh, it was in it was in Discord." And he said, "It was it was oh, what's what's Kadri's point per game in his career, and what's Kadri's point? Yeah, per yeah, game oh yeah, yeah, this year. Point six right, four, <laughs> yeah, point six four. They're right. It's identical. Like we, Kadri's you- been kind of a flashpoint for conversation this year because he started off the year so poorly. Well." Yeah, that's and that's the thing. A super poor start, and then he was ungodly hot, and yeah. now he's back to yeah. being off again. And when you don't look at how it gets made, yeah, it's exactly if a Gatry. If you assume that those three point nights were one point nights, and and that instead of fourteen scoreless games, he's scoring like every third game or whatever, right. you just like smooth it out. You have no issues, right? Like, there's yep. no conversation about this. Yep. But it's been really hot and really cold. So it's just like, okay, well, which guy are you getting now? And I I told somebody on Twitter that I was like, look, he's a guy that he feeds off of the emotion of his game. And right now, there's not a lot of emotion Nothing in it. But frustration right now, yeah. And when he gets... When, the when monkey he, off the back is when, what he needs, when, yeah. When, when a good thing happens to him, it's probably not going to be like him with a smoke show of a goal, right? It's, it's just going to be a stupid bouncer that finds its way in. And it's it, going to be a puck that like he's firing and goes two feet wide and it bounces off the blade of some dude's skate yeah. and it like trickles its way in or whatever and you're just like, okay, well. And he's just going to go, all right, I guess I'm allowed to score again. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm now, all right. He's like, I'm back, baby. And then all of a sudden, that confidence is just going to be like a lightning bolt inside of his chest. And, and he's going to go turbo. And that's just, you know, and then you're going to get that version of Kadri for a while. 
The thing is that he has to mitigate the lows. And if he's not scoring, you have to manage the lows. You have to manage. You still have to be contributing. You can't get crushed in your underlines every night. And he hasn't been, for the record. Yeah. He hasn't been getting crushed in the underlines. Let's see. What did he today? He's on the positive side of things. So everybody's like, oh, he's playing so poorly. He's he's dragging everybody down. He's an anchor on everybody. And it's like. It's not really true. Yeah. Like Soderbergh and Comfer. That's a tough. Much. Yeah. It's kind of a tough assignment. They're really playing with two third lines right now. Yeah. But. I think I think it's with Kadri like it's coming. Yeah. You just the same thing that we said at the beginning of the season. The dude has been so good throughout his entire career that you know at some point like he's going to find his way. He's been too too productive. Of excluding the top line guys, Kadri has the longest leash of all the forwards, right? Because you know it's there. Oh. Well, him and Brandon Todd. Yeah, the because two veteran dudes. Yeah. Because they've accomplished stuff over a decade of being in the league. You yep. just trust them to, to eventually work their way out of it because they always have. Yep. And so you just don't worry. You're just like, okay, well, this is my world now. And it's and not like, let's be, be okay. Kadri has not scored a goal in 14 games and they've lost two of those now. In regulation. In regulation, fair. I don't know. I think I think there was one of but, their OTLs in there too. I think you're right, but point yeah. being, it's not like the Avs are dying for Kadri production right now. Nope, they're so. not. Like it's it's it'll get it'll get there. It honestly, I'm it's bad right now. Like and it has to get better. Nobody's gonna know that more than him. Yep. Like, do you think do you think Jared Bednar has to have like a lengthy conversation with him? No. <laughs> They there might be like I if I'm Landy or Nate I might pull him aside and be like, all right, Naz, like step everybody up, everybody yeah. knows you're struggling, but it's time, bud. Yeah, you know, like we've been we all know what's coming, but it needs to happen. Yep. Because I will say, and this is this is a thing I talk about a lot, but it's also a thing that drives me crazy. There hasn't been a lot of urgency in his game. That is true. It's getting on one. What what concerns me about it is that it's gotten worse. Almost like he's accepting his fate. And you don't want to see that because that's where that's that's where you lose a guy for a season. You know, when he gets so down on himself and he's he's not buying into his own ability to pull himself out of it. Yeah, you just you want to see that you want to see him push it push back a little bit, and for sure. you know that there's so much better. So I think. I think again, it's going to happen, man. Yeah, I don't think it'll be totally fine. Super worried about it. Uh, Did want to touch on it. I don't think we'll have much to say, but we didn't talk about it the other day because we got into our feels pod. Uh, Second game for Martin Kaut in this stretch. He's existed. He had one nice play tonight. One nice play that he got. He got a little. He got a little bit lucky on it. Yeah, agreed. Um, but but hey, you know what? He he. Handled the situation that, that he was given. Yep. And um, did what he could with it. And there was some nice decisions. I'd like to see a little more aggression with the puck. Um, yeah. Multiple times. Multiple times he... And look, I will also say it does not help that Liam O'Brien skates into the zone, picks a spot, and decides and, to stand there. Yeah. 
But Martin Kaut, like, skating up the right side, he gets in there, he makes the move around the defenseman, and then he pulls up and he looks around, and it's like, okay, the problem is is that the defense doesn't have that kind of respect for you or they're just going to give you any kind of space because they don't know what you're going to do to them. So they're going to close on you, and now you've now you've cut off an avenue of this, of of where you can go with the puck, and you've limited yourself to I'm going to move it back to the I'm going to move it back to the point, and that's not a dangerous play. It's it's sometimes that's fine, but when you do the same thing and you defend yourself like that, you give yourself just the one option. The defense will happily take that. He's got to do something to make them defend him. And make himself, you know, stop defending himself as I, much. I but will really say, limited ice. I um, will say that's part of his game a lot. It is like I know that it is because he's looking to he's looking for line mates and he's looking to create and he's more of he's more of a playmaker, but he needs to play with more confidence I, with the puck. He needs I the agree. defense, he needs the defense to believe that he's gonna do well, that there's the possibility of him doing something well, else. And that's for me, for him, it's it's about puck possession. The reason he likes to circle back is he doesn't want to give the puck up to the other team. And you're exactly right. All he has to do is make that play a couple of times where he doesn't pull up and create something. And maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe he loses the puck a few times, but it's going to give him so much more availability for things if well, he does he, it a few times. He also needs to test the limits. See what for you sure. get away with. See what you get away with, big For job. sure. Like put your head down and go into the corner and see if you can, you know, if you can, if they, they back off you and you circle around and you create something, then great. If you go into the corner and they cut you off and they take the puck away from you. All right. Well then maybe next time you don't try that, <laughs> but like try some stuff, dude. Yep. Like, of course we're talking about like two or three puck possessions here. So yeah, he had what, seven minutes there. and 39 seconds of ice time in the game. So, yeah, I, I think, he thinks I think I I think Here's, he's I, I think he's looked good but some of that is familiarity with him from the AHL where I'm just like yeah this is this is you know his game yeah yeah and the, he doesn't really have to a thing about him is that he does not have to adjust to the moment very much. Yep. He doesn't have to adjust his game a whole lot. You put him into a role, you tell him do this and he'll go and do it. Yeah. Um just don't make like don't don't make the a mistake, right? Like yep. don't take an offensive zone penalty. Don't do a Liam O'Brien. <laughs> it well and he needs like look, is Logan O'Connor healthy, bro? Like No, he's not. Because he well, he skated in a regular jersey. He's on the trip. He's Allegedly. Supposed to, yeah. He's supposed to play on this trip. Can we do that, please? Because Logan O'Connor, Pierre Edward Belmar, and Martin Cout is a fourth line that That's I am a fire sudden, line. Yeah. I am suddenly intrigued by. Yeah. <laughs> but Liam O'Brien, you know, he had a couple, he's had a couple, I think he has three points. So he's had right. some production, but it's like I'm not expecting that shit to repeat itself. It's just, <clears throat> I, I look. He has three points. Credit to him. He got two of them in six and a half minutes in one game. But every yeah. time I watch him try to hold the puck for longer than one second, 
I do not enjoy the hockey that I'm watching. <laughs> Straight up passed the puck to Justin Falk in yeah. this game. Yep. He like he like Falk was defend. I think it was Falk that was defending him. And he tries to go wide on him. And instead of like making a move or doing anything, it looked like he just tapped the puck yeah, forward. Literally bit, just passed like, it to him. And you're like, that's not Did you give it to him so you could then turn around and hit him? <laughs> like <laughs> what's happening here? I'm uh I think JT Confer's playing fine. Yeah, I think he's been solid. I think it's it's his- it's been frustrating, but I think if he didn't make three and a half million dollars, people wouldn't be obsessing over his play. His, his biggest problem in tonight's game is that the Avs decided he's the bumper. <laughs> like, <laughs> he got he got the one where he like puts it like right in the middle of Bennington's body, and you're like <laughs> a little more competitive of a shot than that, please. And yeah. then he was like, "Okay, we'll see how it goes next time. I'll really wind it up." And uh, misses the net and runs out of the zone. And you're yeah. like, oh, maybe I would take that face off, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. These, these both feel like bad options. <laughs> Neither of these options are resulting in a goal, so why are they happening? Yeah. But I think my biggest problem with JT today was, and it's a little hindsighty because he hit the post, and I know you didn't count it as a post, but... Yeah, I did not. Bro. You got Ryan Graves right there on the back door, bro. Yep. Make that pass, and it's what a tap-in for sure. Like, what you doing? Yeah. And, and again, back to the start of the show. It's those little differences yeah. in, a, in a close loss. Brandon Sod's numbers today are insane. I believe that. 20, 20 Corsi, 4, and 4 against. Eight to eight to two in shots on goal, thirteen to zero in scoring chances, and six to zero in high danger chances. That's because that dude is playing F three while Jostin Nachushkin are on the forecheck, and every time he looks up, Jostin Nachushkin has the ball. He's like, "All right, I guess I'll go join on this." That's I just I'm just like looking at the numbers, and I'm like, "Oh my god, dude!" (laughs) Tyson Jostin Val Nachushkin with dominant numbers yet again. Sam Sam Gerard. How are you feeling about G right now? He's fine. I it it hasn't been the elite thing, and yeah. I, like part of it is I think he's he's finding his limits a little bit against a St. Louis team. I think he's testing how physical he has to be, or how physical he can afford to be. A little bit as a guy that look, Jarrett's never going to be particularly physical. Everybody knows that, but there has to be at least a certain element of being able to, to take the physicality. And I don't think he's quite found that line yet, at least against St. Louis. It, it It's a weird, it's a weird vibe to me. Like <laughs> there one play that sticks out to me. I don't remember when it was, but it's just a puck dumped into the Av zone and he turns around and, and tries to like bump a blues player and, and, to run a little bit of interference that the NHL just has decided is legal. Oh, and, dude. and he just gets knocked on his ass on the play and like slides back in towards his own goal line and has to get up. And it's like, all right, so Gerard's not going to be able to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I know that pairing feels a little odd to me right now. I agree with that. I think it's both guys. It's, it feels like their collective level has dropped and their individual level has dropped. Yep. Um, 
Dude, I thought Connor Timmons was good again today. Dude, it, he had yeah, it's it's give and take. I thought he played to his game and I thought he was pretty darn solid except for the one shot he got blocked up high. Yeah. But he recovered he, he recovered it, perfectly. And he did. Yeah, it, it it was fine. Like it ended up what being I, fine. What I didn't like was he tried to make a stretch pass from the right blue his right blue line. Mm-hmm. Through the neutral zone, and it got it got cut pre- off. Yeah, predictably picked off. Yeah, it was the right read, but I think it was the wrong kind of pass. I because he just fired that thing. Yep. I think if he uh, if he puts a little loft under it, must and yep. and it's either that or if he goes with the pass it behind the guy off the board, and have him skate to it into the zone. Um, that's a really hard pass to make though, especially through the neutral zone where there's all that traffic, but. I thought that that was really the only the only true like decision with the puck where I was like, mm. getting the shot blocked for me is like, look, he saw an opening and he tried to get it through, well, and a guy either blocks it or he doesn't, and then how he recovers from it is my biggest concern with him because of the foot speed, right? And exactly. he recovered from that one perfectly, and, and it then was just like, okay, I'm he had cool at least two other times where he got the shot through too, and those were solid. Like, yeah, that's exactly I, what you want out of him. The underlines are good for him for once. Normally they're they're bad. Kind of, yeah. Normally they're like they're like like Lee O'Brien, Lee, Lee O'Brien, Martin Cal today, dead even, right? Where you're just like, eh, I don't really feel strongly about they're this. Bad for Colorado. Is that yeah. <laughs> am I allowed to say yeah, that? Because you like because you, if you do look at like the uh if you do look at like the season overall and his course he is at like fifty three percent, you're like, Why do people hate on this guy? I, but somehow that's like last on the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, wait, hold on. Dan Renuff's at 55. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. I, I think as we're wrapping up the show here, this is yeah. the correct vibe where we're kind of just chilling on this. Yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, the, look, you don't. They're, they have to be careful with the whole Minnesota thing because Minnesota's. I think three points back of them now. Correct. Um, they're in a dogfight for positioning, but they're in. And like, you would love to see them win the president's trophy so that they have home ice advantage throughout the entire postseason and blah, 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 blah. Right. They um, also, they do have two game. Well, one game right now, but Minnesota plays tomorrow. So it'll go back to two games in hand on them for the, yeah, game. it's just like, you're in a fight right now. Like you're you're rolling and you're playing right now. You're playing against a Blues team that is desperate. Yep. So there's a different level there. The their next, you know, and then the big showdown with Vegas on Wednesday. Yep. But then after that, they kind of transition into the uh, this portion of their schedule where they're playing like San Jose and LA are just kind of. Yeah, it's more or less playing out the string. Like they, they can both talk it, themselves into maybe we can make the postseason if we get crazy hot. It ends up being four straight against San Jose. Um, well, that's that's the original schedule. Yeah, was the four straight against San Jose, and then two against LA, and, and then they have the makeup and then game. The, the final game, and then game, LA, and then and then they the finish game. with the LAs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so they really like they just need to get through this the. Monday and Wednesday, and then after that, they're home free in terms of like competitive schedule. They go back to being like heavy favorites every night. Yep. But it would, I mean, 
selfishly, right? Like you'd like to bury the Blues if if, if the Avs can finish this road trip with two wins, they're feeling great because that would make this a two and one stretch against the Blues, and then you have the Vegas game. If you take four points out of four points in these two upcoming games, you're sitting at worst tied for first place. In a great position. Yeah. And you have four games against San Jose coming up, who's a team that is likely to get eliminated in the middle of that series. Yeah. I mean, San Jose is two, seven to one in their last 10. So they're trending in the wrong direction here. Yeah. You know, LA is three and seven in their last 10. So they're also trending in the wrong direction (laughs) here. But Again, like the abs would prefer Arizona than St. Louis for all the reasons that help, we've seen. Like, help yourselves are, by beating that team. Yeah. yeah the, abs are, the abs are now five and two against the Blues this year. This is their first loss since opening night against these guys. Yep. So they're not losing sleep over them, but though all of these games have been significantly more competitive than any of the Arizona games. Agreed. To be honest, I might prefer Minnesota over St. Louis. I quietly agree with you maybe like maybe i just don't i don't know the thing is like <laughs> I don't care that much the reason i might prefer minnesota is like we know there's a universe where jordan bennington can get hot and i don't trust cam talbot further than i can throw him <laughs> yeah and you know the thing with kakinen though is that rookies, he's a total wild card yeah, yeah you just never know so i, I don't know man i'm not I'm not stressing that yet. Um, I'll watch the Vegas game later. Yep, I think they're against Anaheim tonight, so that's free. Yeah, it's nice. We get a we get an early night here a little bit. Yeah, <sighs> you guys can watch my uh, my review video at a reasonable hour of the night instead of posting it at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, my my post game piece is mostly written. There you as, go. Soon as, as soon as Hoffman scored, I started writing it. You knew, yeah. Is that the last thing we want to touch on? Why can't sure. Col- why can't Colorado do even look competent six on, on five? five of, yeah, it's 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 ugly. It, it's it it was just weird to me. Like it, including even back before the last four minutes of this game, on even on the Avs power play, it's like they turned their brains off. They just stopped making smart decisions with the hockey puck, and I don't understand why. It was just weird. So um, yeah, I don't get it. I I don't know. It like <laughs> Landis Cog makes the nice play, they get the stoppage, they win the face off, and their whole six on five experience comes down to a weak ass wrister from a car that gets blocked. Yeah. It, and the, then goes the other way. And it's like that's uh, of the list of shots you want to tank with an empty net, that's gotta be pretty low on the list, right? Like Yeah. It, well, and you also think about how many how many times have they really been in six on five situations? Yeah, like chat's point here. They've, they've lost game six to two where they briefly would pull, I think pulled the goaltender in one or two of those games. It, the, St. Louis, the San Jose and Minnesota six to two losses. I think there was an empty net goal in the, in maybe both of them, but it was very brief yeah. either way. I, the, and they were down multiple goals. So you're just kind of like, you're throwing hell Mary here. You right. don't really give a shit if you get scored on. Uh, and then the Arizona really, game is the only one I can think of. The three-two Arizona loss is the only one where they had extended empty net time. Yeah, yeah, because they the Anaheim loss that they had in overtime was a come from ahead loss. Yep, they were up four-two. And then the six-two games. Yeah, 
Minnesota put that one away. Or, or rather, San Jose put that one away early enough, I think. Yeah, and then the two Vegas games in February, the one nothing yeah, loss yeah, after the COVID yeah, break, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the 3 nothing home loss, although the 3 nothing one was not. So, I mean, we're talking we're, – we're, we're into we're back into February. Yeah. And we're, we're Three like, or this, four times, maybe, like yeah. They've done it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I want to see them get a lot more practice at it, but you will you do have to wonder, like – there's a real lack of urgency, a sense of the real lack of sense of purpose. Yep. They did have the empty nets in the John Gibson game too, where the only yeah. shot on goal yeah, that they yeah. gave up was the empty net goal. Yep. The one shot. <laughs> Man, yeah. the ducks are bad. <laughs> yeah. God, right. Please <laughs> win tonight. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Man, yeah, many places. Yeah. So, not sweating the loss too much today. Disappointing, especially given that they were up two nothing four minutes into the game. Yep. Um, they did not handle anything that happened after that two nothing. The rest of the first period, they did not handle well. But it's okay. You're gonna have you're gonna have a game where some stuff goes against you, yeah, and today think... there was a lot of it that went against them, like some silly things where you're just like, well. This happens. I think you put it well right before we went live, right? Go look at the majority of that first period and say, look, this is this is where our mistakes were. And then yeah. you you get to the second period and you say, play every every period like you guys played that second period. Yeah. And you're going to beat up pretty much everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most important thing for the rest of the season is just stay healthy. Yep. Agreed. You get out of a game. You get out of a game healthy. You're you're fine. With that, we'll wrap up with that. Um, Byram is still in Colorado. Is he on the ice doing stuff? I know he was doing off ice work. Who knows? Nobody man. knows, right? Yeah. Nico's still in protocol for contact tracing. As Donskoy still in for positive test. Um, Grubauer is off the list. He'll join so, the team when he joins the team. <laughs> yeah, don't really know the status of him yet. Um, Hoping to see LOC. Yep, Monday. He's, he's the one who traveled, so he'd be a perfect fit to replace O'Brien too, and really like a good energy guy that can actually help you out in some areas. You you run. I mean, you're gonna just wear teams out if you put Joseph Nachushkin third line and follow that up with an LOC yeah. fourth line. <laughs> like, yeah, well, because LOC LOC impacts games, and Liam O'Brien doesn't, and. LLC, LLC at least like gets under some skin. He makes you work you know, for he, it. Yeah. yeah, he keeps you honest. And then you throw a little bit of skill next to him with Cout. Their familiarity from the AHL will certainly help. Um, yep. See. Hopefully, hopefully we see him back. I mean, skating in a regular jersey and is on the trip. Both of those should be a combination for. Back in the line, he's got to be close, right? <laughs> uh, especially after the O'Brien penalty at the end of the second period, where you're just like, you just can't do that, bro. Yep. All right. On that note, we'll get out of here. Good fun Saturday show. Hope y'all uh, didn't mind the loss too much. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Thank you for watching, listening. However you consume the podcast, be sure to check it out in audio format if YouTube's not for you, but we recommend YouTube. It's the best way to catch the show. You can find all of AJ's amazing reaction faces when you're when you're watching on YouTube. But hope you have a great one. Until Monday, we will talk to you guys later.